Hello and welcome back to See What the Party Rigda. Uh This week we are on part two of Arnold's 2000 sci-fi action film, The Sixth Day. And in this episode, Joe and I are once again joined by Chris Chapman, who will help us work our way through the movie. So, all right, I guess let's get this show on the road. So we begin the way any movie worth its salt starts off with the Bible verse, you know? like, And this one is about <laughs> Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, which like isn't a bad verse, but I will admit I honestly kind of prefer the earlier verses featuring Peter Gabriel. Maybe that's just me, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, So anyway, we get some info about cloning. Uh, Sheep was cloned in 97, then in 2000, scientists success- scientist successfully mapped human DNA, which I thought we did a long time ago, but I'm, like, pretty dumb, so whatever. No, I that was that that was still in the real facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We successfully I, fully mapped the human genome sometime in the early 2000s. I had no idea. I thought that happened, like, you know, back with OJ or something like that, because, like, but, uh, again, <laughs> I don't understand how anything works, so... Uh, no, that I, I the only reason I remember is because I was in science class at the time and they were making a big deal about it. Oh, okay. Uh, but anyway, so it, <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not like I was like thinking it, but anyway. <laughs> I'm sure you said it at the time. <laughs> I've been railing on nerds for this podcast for some reason. I don't know why, because I'm kind of a nerd myself. Yeah, Mr. Fucking Time Travel is super important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Someone to the Genesis it episode. Is. <laughs> yeah, I also am into like computing and programming, and I don't know. I and I play D and D. Like I'm a fucking nerd now. <laughs> I got glasses. I'm like what the fuck? So I think I'm just kind of not wanting to admit it. So I just rail on nerds just to kind of <laughs> you know. What are you, man? Because they're fucking nerds. That's why. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it then mentions that uh, human cloning failed and the clone was destroyed, which doesn't really make sense. But like whatever. Um, and then finally human cloning was outlawed after the six day law was passed. It also says that this movie takes place in the near future and they obviously meant the year 2020 because next we go to an XFL football game. (laughs) So I was about to say, like this movie thinks it's being real edgy by saying that the future is quote, sooner than you think. Yeah. (laughs) That was really stupid. The XFL football game like would have super dated this movie if we would have started this podcast like two years ago. But yeah, Yeah. the fact that it came back. Yeah. Um, Also, uh, with all that opening stuff, I basically paused on all the uh, text. So you people at home don't have to. Uh, It's all there's no like weird little Easter eggs in there. The one thing I did find was the name Philip Slanigan and I Googled it and it basically just references back to this movie. So they replaced the names of the scientist who cloned Dolly the sheep with uh, some randos. Oh, is that coming at the end for a trivia? No, 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 no. It it was part of the trivia, but I didn't put it in there. But it also mentioned that uh, it's the wrong year, too, because I think it was the year before the year after that it happened. Oh, like yeah. not not ninety seven. They said ninety seven, and it was ninety eight. Yeah, in real like, life. Yeah. So alternate timeline. This is an alternate timeline. <laughs> but uh, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we see a couple of plays featuring the Roadrunner star quarterback Johnny Phoenix, who the announcers tell us is making three hundred million. And a quick question for Joe: Like, I know this is the XFL, but any idea what the top uh, paid player in the NFL makes? Just curious. Uh, so I actually did some math on this and I have it in my notes here. Um, so Johnny football, they mentioned, yeah, he makes 300 million, but 
if you look at the scene much later where he takes a, Arnold takes a taxi, it's like four hundred dollars. Yes. So I usually I'd say about uh, it's about a ten to one money ratio of like what we have now. So basically, Johnny Phoenix is making the equivalent of thirty million dollars. And I don't know. And usually when they say like, oh, the um, three hundred million dollar man or whatever, like in football, like that's the total contract. So, um, mm. but the biggest contract by a football player was signed recently by Patrick Mahomes, and that was for four hundred fifty million dollars over 10 years damn um, he can buy a whole lot of patrick mahomes with that money huh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't get it should have um, gone with patrick mahouses <laughs> patrick mcmansions um, uh anyhow so regardless um if he's making 300 million dollars a year that's uh high-end starting quarterback like nfl money but that's okay. total uh, amount of his contract johnny phoenix ain't making shit yeah because he has yeah. a lifetime contract <laughs> well it's the xfl yeah he needs to go <laughs> to the fucking NFL a few years uh yeah. okay so we see johnny phoenix lined up and preparing for a snap by tickling the lineman's butthole the ball snapped and he's knocked the fuck out by a couple of defensive linemen and we hear a big snap as he lands on his neck and <laughs> Quick question again, Joe. Do you think that maybe he might have seen them coming for him if he didn't have a bunch of, bunch of big fucking texts that popped up in his helmet <laughs> visor, like right in his line of sight? Possibly. He's also like, as a quarterback, and you get to the line and you're making your checks, you know, you should know a blitz coming because the guys are like, oh, I'm going to blitz, I'm going to blitz. Uh, that's like football 101, unless they like fake it. Um, it wasn't a surprise blitz. But uh, there is a lot of problems with this football scene. Do they have to, uh, do they have to, in the NFL, do they have to call it out like you have to do it when you play it when you're a kid? Like, blitz! You know, and then you run after at the quarterback? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get one blitz a position. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Otherwise, they, you know. <laughs> they didn't kill. Um, I was going to say I was surprised that they put Google Glass in everybody's helmets. Like, that seems <laughs> like a thing that they wouldn't want to pay for. But like, Considering they won't yeah. even pay out the people that get... I was like, that's too valuable. But I was like, but also they don't care about, like, the football player's brains. So I guess <laughs> it's not that valuable. Yeah. Just, I mean, like regular football. Um, yep. Okay. So uh, with this scene, um, if a quarterback needs to know the down, the distance, and the score, like in a regular NFL game, they just look up at about five degrees because it's on a giant scoreboard behind each end zone that's like the point of that is so the quarterback can see it you know they know the play clock and everything so i don't know why he needs that in his visor like it just <laughs> seems like distracting he could just go like Ugh, and barely move his head and or maybe not move his head just move his eyes and see all the information <laughs> um also like i can't imagine uh the quarterback gets the line and the head coach has to like figure out how to send this information into this fucking laptop to his screen. Like coaches aren't known for being technologically savvy, but imagine if you're like, Oh fuck. All right. Uh, that looks like a blitz. I got to tell him in the next two seconds. You're like trying to find the button for it. Or it's like a drop down list or something. You know, it just seems really inconvenient. Like we already have at this time when this movie was made, we already had, uh, you know, um, audio and helmets. Like that seems like a much better way to, give that information to the quarterback than trying to input it on a fucking laptop that you're just holding in your hand on the side. It's just maybe stupid. Johnny Phoenix is uh deaf. So he's like, wait, is that the right one? Yeah. Deaf. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a NFL player that was deaf. Um, he played uh, 
Let me look that up so I don't seem like an asshole. I just want to mention that the other team is the Centaurs, which is, I don't know, seems a little uh, fantasy-based for football people. I don't know. Yeah. They already have a quarterback named Johnny Phoenix. That's probably far enough. For that them. that, that yeah. uh, did, like, Phoenix streaks through his fucking hair, by the way. <laughs> like, really fucking playing up that name there, Johnny Phoenix. Well, I, yeah. I think they actually, they did a good job of... Um, Portraying a football player? Looking into the future and... Because Johnny Phoenix is basically Johnny Football, okay, Johnny Manziel. But if you were like actually good as a pro quarterback, he's kind of the same personality. So, hmm. um, good job predicting with that one, I will say. Uh, but yeah, there was a deaf football player that was named played for the Seahawks. He was a fullback named Derek Coleman. So, that Coleman? but also only quarterbacks had the audio in their helmets. Poor so guy, that sucks. That he played for the Seahawks. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah or any other. Uh... Football, football comments like um, with how fucking bullshit this was before we move on, Jeff. Um, I guess the last thing is they got wrong the evolution of pads. Pads are very small nowadays. They're still very nineties in this. Okay. Um, movie. So predict uh, the future better next time, dickheads. Yeah. This is what I'm trying to say. Fuckers. Uh, so he's hauled off the field and put into an ambulance as the paramedic tells Yandu from Guardians of the Galaxy that he crushed his uh, cervical vertebrae and Yandu is like, shit, it ain't that bad, playa, because that's how Yandu talks. So, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Yandu, who I'm just going to call Yandu because I don't remember his actual name. Like, I know his actual name, but it sounds exactly like the name of the villain. So, you know. But uh, Yandu rides with them in the ambulance and mentions to someone over the phone that Johnny Phoenix has a lifetime contract, which who's the fucking moron lawyer working for the team that agreed to a lifetime contract regardless if the player becomes paralyzed like or or even hurt like, OK, like, he, yeah, he's because he fucking broke his neck and he might be paralyzed, but he still has a fucking lifetime contract because that sounds like something that they definitely have an escape clause for or something like that. But eh. I think they have to because doesn't he mention maybe you can trade him to L.A.? Yes. Uh, yeah, but like, who the fuck's gonna pick you? Up? Like, are you gonna pick up a fucking yeah. paraplegic quarterback? <laughs> Which is a gr- sounds like a great movie. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to tell them he's paraplegic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the lifetime contract thing was a little weird because, like, if he signs that contract and he can just retire the next day, and he still have to pay him the three hundred million. So <laughs> you know, it'd be great is if they. He does that, and then they kill him, and then they clone him, but then the clone keeps doing that, so it's like, motherfucker, how do we get this fucker to, like, so they're, like, trying to figure out, like, how to, like, get him to, you know. Yeah. He's actively trying to paralyze himself just so he doesn't have to work anymore. He's trying to extract the retirement thing in his brain. (laughs) Exactly. He's trying to, they're trying to take the Johnny Manziel out of him. But, uh... (laughs) Okay, so uh, anyway, the person he's talking to tells him to take care of that jabroni. So Yondu turns off the machine Johnny's connected to, which kills him. But I thought it would be kind of great if like, it was just his heart monitor and it didn't actually kill him when they turn it off. It just didn't do shit. He's like, that's done. And they get to the hospital. They're like, why did someone turn off his heart monitor? I'm like, well, isn't he dead? I'm like, no, he's not dead. He just turned off his fucking heart monitor. <laughs> also, yeah. The Rock should totally, totally start at, like an XFL team called the Jabronis. are the not jabronis so that means they're playing against all jabronis yeah why didn't Uh, the xfl like incorporate um wwf at the time Yeah, like wrestling stuff yeah 
Well, like, uh, you know, have like Stone Cold Steve Austin's team, you know, the Steve Weisers, which is like a beer can <laughs> on their helmet or something. Um, or, or the rattlesnakes, I is guess, it, would yeah, be a better thing say, for that. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, man, I was trying to look so hard. There, he appeared, uh, Arnold appeared uh, on um, WW, the other, no, NCWCW? NC, uh, WCW. Yeah, he appeared on, was it was it Monday, Monday Night? Night? Okay, yeah, he appeared on that, but they didn't have a clip for it, which I was like, ah, fuck, because that wrestling clip was awesome. Damn. Anyway, so next we go to Arnold's house. He's checking himself out in the mirror, doing a little flexing. We found out it's his, it's his birthday. His wife tells him, you're going to spend all day looking in that mirror? Or you're going to come back and bet, like back to bed and put your wiener in my schnitzel, huh? So <laughs> he goes, locks the door so they can get down to business. Because she just is like all turned on, and I'm pretty sure that Arnold is just like perpetually horny. So yeah. hold on, we got to stop right here. Two things. Okay. First of all, they, his name is Adam, which is like a little heavy-handed. <laughs> and then the other thing that I just was thinking about during this is uh, how terrifying it must be to have sex with Arnold. <laughs> Terrifyingly awesome, you mean? <laughs> There's this scene where he's smirking at her and like coming towards the bed in like a playful way, and it's just it was. I'm coming for you. Very scary. I'm coming for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just giant. How tall is he? Like six? He's like six? What? Two? I six think two. Yeah, he's not. He's yeah. not super tall. Six two, but but like two hundred fifty pounds or something. <laughs> I just want to. I wonder what Arnold's vinegar strokes look like. His what? Like a familiar. His what? His vinegar strokes. Vinegar? Okay. So, uh, it's a. It's a term from the show The League, which is great, by the way. I recommend it. Um, mm-hmm. Vinegar strokes is like the face you make, like right as you're about to come. Uh, but it looks <laughs> like somebody put some vinegar under your nose. You know, that's the face you get. Like you're just smelling a bunch of vinegar. Like, uh, that's your vinegar strokes. So I'm wondering. I'm pretty sure it's his face from Total Recall at the end. <laughs> <laughs> when he's like, when he doesn't have air. Out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh okay so uh, um yeah so he uh is about to lock the door his daughter bursts in the room and the doorknob just like hits him right in his fucking boner so he takes he ends up that like the sex doesn't happen he ends up taking her into the living room where the uh, their dog oliver is laying on the couch and just looking tired as fuck yeah man that dog is depressed yeah the dog is super depressed there's also a commercial on the TV uh, for a pet cloning company called Repet. Which is probably why the dog is depressed, by the way. What was that? <laughs> just sitting there watching TV. Of I said that's probably why the dog is depressed, because he's just sitting there watching TV and the commercial is like, hey, don't you wish your dog was better? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The dog just understands English. I was just going to say, I wonder if they can clone your dog and make it under- like understand you so you can, you know talk to it and maybe it can't talk back but i mean it understands what you're saying but then it watches commercials and you're like you're just gonna fucking replace me aren't you motherfucker anyway mine mine wasn't go ahead <laughs> once again arnold has one kid yes so that's basically every movie thus far except for maggie mm-hmm. but he only had the one kid with the one woman in that movie okay so uh uh they sit down for breakfast and his daughter asks him for a simpal doll which is like a creepy looking life-size doll that she tells him can grow real hair and do lots of stuff like haunting my nightmares, for instance, because that doll's fucking creepy as shit. Yeah, it was immediately like, kill that thing with fire. Yeah, it's it's... horrible. It looks like Mickey Rooney in a wig. (laughs) 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 Okay. So uh, 
he puts the milk away, uh, which I only mentioned because he has a pretty fucking sweet fridge. Well, I was going to say, was the cereal bad or was the milk spoiled? Did he put spoiled milk back <laughs> no, in the fridge? I think he just put empty milk back in the fridge. Well, he like stops eating the cereal and gets a disgusted look on his face and goes to like throw away a full bowl of cereal. That's cause, I, I think it was because his daughter was like being a fucking brat. And she's like, Mom, my dad said can, like, I can get the doll. Oh, like, okay. Oh. I yeah, thought I he thought like was... tasted it. And, like, the milk was bad. Yeah, I thought so, too. Oh, no. It's because his daughter was like, Mom. Like, after he said, go ask your, go ask your mother. And she's like, Mom, Dad, our dad said I can get a dog. And he's like, that little bitch. Um, but no, it's, yeah. <laughs> so, like, which is a good point because why would you put the milk, like, an empty one back in there? But, I mean, you know. He's like, yeah. this will be great when they come and try to make cereal, but there's no milk. I'll, you know, sit there and be like, ha. And then, like, and then it's like, like, he has, like, a few days to think or, like, till the next day, like, think of, like, a good pun for them. Like, like, uh, <laughs> looks like the milkman hasn't come yet or something like that. Like, I don't know. Like, like he's like, ah, I don't know. No, no. Like brainstorming his head. Looks for that like moment. you're not from the land of milk and honey. Like, what? <laughs> um. No, no. I got, I, I got more. Wait, I took some notes yeah. on the fridge. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Uh, I had a friend though, um, smoked a lot of weed, smokes a lot of weed, I should say. Uh, but he would always put like ice cube trays back empty, you know? So maybe Arnold is just like a stoner. Well, okay. just like, oh. I mean, he's really into like snowboarding and shit. <laughs> so maybe he's just really high and just like put it back without thinking. Plus, that fridge is sweet. Like apparently they have those fridges now where they, it'll order you stuff. Yeah. I was going to say like this movie gets like half of the future pretty correct. Yeah. It, it gets that and a few other things. Yeah, but uh, okay. so uh, we then see him being picked up by his business partner who's played by Michael Rappaport, who you just don't see much stuff anymore. Which is sad. I, I like it. True. Yeah. So uh, Rappaport tells him about uh, Rappaport tells him about his virtual girlfriend before mentioning that he should get a laser razor after noticing Arnold like Arnold's like razor nick on his face. He then invites Arnold to a bar after work, which I think it was a bar, but anyway, he invites Arnold to a bar after work, and Arnold basically tricks Rappaport into telling him that his wife is planning a surprise birthday party. Yeah, I got a couple notes for this scene. The first one is like I like how all these future cars just have the same body style of like two thousands era cars. You know, because obviously it's <laughs> yeah. like product placement, but it's just like, that's a 2000 Chevy Silverado, <laughs> but it's the future, man. But no, that looks exactly the same. Uh, also, when he turns on the autopilot, it's fucking adorable how they like lean in and face each other, even though they're like a foot apart. It's just <laughs> they're super close and it's it's great. I don't know. Like, I, I couldn't think of, you know, if you're ever in like a backseat with somebody, like, you don't like turn your body and look at each other. Yeah, like you're, look forward. You know. Yeah, you just yeah. talk because you're in a car. <laughs> yeah. Um, or at least the person that's talking looks at the, the other person, and then the other person just, like, looks straight ahead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. you might, like, move your head towards each other, but you don't move your full body and, like, face each other. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like you're on a date in the 50s? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just cute the way they did it. I'm like, oh, they're, like, in love or something. Arnold Arnold's acting in the scene is not good. Um, it's really cheesy and I would think I love Michael Rappaport and Arnold, but, and I would think their chemistry would be great, but it's not, I don't know. There's just something a little I weird. I definitely think it. there's something wrong in this scene. I actually thought it was pretty decent in the following scenes. Yeah. Like I thought it was okay when they were flying together and stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe just the dialogue is wooden in this one. I don't know. Yeah. I think that, I think that whole thing where he tricks him into telling him about the surprise party is a little, uh, it, it, that dialogue was weird. It's that uh, Charlie's Angels 2 fucking screenwriting right there. <laughs> Magic, yeah. <laughs> oh, and the only thing I was going to say is uh, 
I don't know why Michael Rappaport is giving him shit about his beard when, like, Michael Rappaport looks like shit in this scene. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, maybe you should use a laser razor. Looks like he's in a two-day drinking binge. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's just how Michael Rappaport looks. (laughs) Uh, The last thing I got is I don't understand why, like, the steering wheel is like that because that wouldn't work for a car steering wheel because you got to, like, rotate it, you know? It's just... it just got the two handles on the side, but nothing on the top and the bottom. So it's just like showing like, oh, it's the future. But also it's like when you see like the old Twilight Zones and, you know, the aliens come on their spaceship, but they got big floppy hands and everything. It's like how those fucking guys turn in a wrench and like building this ship, you know, like it isn't can't do it. Um, so the same thing with that steering wheel. Like if you're trying to, you know, do a U-turn or something, you're going to be grabbing air and just gaps and shit. Uh, okay, so uh, they arrive at their business, which is a charter flight company, and then Arnold gets all happy after his receptionist tells him the remote for his chopper came in, his helicopter. They uh, He then gets a call from his wife who tells him that the vet had to put Oliver, the dog, down and then asks him to go get a repet and get, like, go to repet and get uh, the dog cloned. Arnold is not happy about this. He's all like, no, I won't do it. The only freak of nature that's sleeping in our bed is my enormous schlong. And, but she's like, uh. <laughs> yeah, so she's like, okay, cool. Thank you. And then hangs up on him as he like tries to kind of like argue with her. I, I know that like every kid is different in their development, but eight seems a little bit old to be like hiding the concept of death from them. Yeah, I don't true. know. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that she's going to be happy about it or like be cool with it. I'm just saying. Eight years old is a little old to be trying to, like, replace the pet and act like he's never going to die. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Basically, up until, like, 14, age ranges mean nothing to me. I don't know what the difference between an eight-year-old and a three-year-old is, you know? (laughs) Like, they're kind of the same. Uh, So, uh... They're all just sticky idiots. (laughs) So, uh... It's a good band name. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we uh, then see him and Michael Rapport getting into their own separate helicopter jet thingies, then drop off a bunch of snowboarders up on a mountain. They head back in the same the same helicopter piloted by Michael Rapport, while Arnie flies the other one remotely. They then turn the the choppers into like jet thingies, begin racing back to the hangar, while Rapport tries to convince Arnie that repets are safe by telling him that he has cat cloned uh, his cat who fell out the window. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That is a kill cat. The dumbest cat in the world. (laughs) So yeah, uh, the guy Trip, who he you know later ends up trying to kill, um, Fitz, the main bad guy. His name's Fitz because that's his name in Scandal. He's the president. Uh, (laughs) I was going to say Tarzan, but all right. Yeah, um, Laura said we need to call him Fitz for this entire episode. But yeah, he's like super (laughs) handsome president guy, and it's funny in this movie because, anyways, I'll get to that whole nerd thing later. But um. So is the guy Trip, the assassin guy, did he have to learn how to like shred the gnar and get really good at snowboarding in order to like infiltrate this crew, you know? Because he's like, oh man, I need to like get in there in order to assassinate this guy, but I don't know how to snowboard. And he just had to like spend months just like, well, shred the gnar, I guess. Uh, That's true. When you think about the fact that he's like a fundamentalist Christian, those aren't usually the types of people who... Uh... <laughs> Who are super yeah. into extreme sports. Well, I, wonder, I wonder if he like went like super undercover with it, like uh fucking uh Tom uh fucking whatever in uh point break. Um, 
No, like in Point Break, where he's like gets in with like the surf crowd. Uh, Johnny Utah. No, no, not Johnny Johnny Utah. It was the guy that he ends up breaking. Like he ends up like raiding the house, and then Tom fucking. uh, I keep thinking, bro. Oh, Tom. Tom Sizemore. Beringer. What's his name? Tom Sizemore. There you go. Yeah, Tom Sizemore is already in that like that house, and he's like, "These aren't the fucking people you're looking for." And he's all pissed off, but he like yeah. he's like I adopted their culture. I've been doing this shit for a year, and I was I'm I'm curious if this Christian was like, well, I gotta smoke weed now because you know <laughs> these fucking snowboarders definitely smoke weed. Yeah, can't snowboard sober. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so they're greeted at the hangar by an assistant of Michael Drucker who Fitz. We can just call him Fitz. Okay, cool. Because I have just I just have Drucker down, but anyway, who they're supposed to fly up to the mountain later. He makes them sign a confidentiality contract and tells them that there's someone inside that'll give them a blood test and a, like a blood and vision test. The guy waiting for them inside has a pretty cool like kind of machine that painlessly draws their blood and then tests their vision. So once the blood test dude leaves, Michael Rappaport offers to fly Fitz up to the mountain so Arnold can ch- uh, check out Repet. <laughs> The, the receptionist lady tells them that they specifically requested Arnold, but then Rappaport mentions that they never got their name, so they wouldn't know the difference. So Arnold agrees, but make sure to remind Rappaport that, like, if you want to be me, maybe stop acting like such a girl. Like, don't be such a girly man. Come on. Which, yeah, like, I forgot to mention early, like earlier, but my brother mentioned is that his fucking name is Adam, like Adam and Eve, which is the fucking reference in the Bible verse that they mentioned because, like, Apparently, the screenwriters were trying to write a smart movie for stupid people. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. Uh, I got a few things about this. Um, first of all, they mentioned a female president, which, yes. of course, like future, you know, female president. Yeah, exactly. It's always got to be a thing. Uh, the other guys, like, you know, they do the tests for like drug screening or whatever. Then the guy's like, oh, I got to go test a chef and two waiters after this. It's like, ain't no fucking way those guys are passing your drug test, homie. I've worked in a lot of <laughs> restaurants and... You ain't going to find three people there who all come back clean. Good luck with that. Especially when one of them doesn't have to deal with the customer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be cocaine and at least one of those cooks drugs. Or oh, yeah, <laughs> easily. Saying we really like drugs and alcohol in the restaurant industry. So. It's true. <laughs> That's uh, how so... we deal with you people out there. Okay, so anyway, uh, Michael Drucker arrives a little while later and we instantly know that he's probably going to be the villain because he's played by the same guy who had like Patrick Swayze killed in that one movie where he dies and becomes a ghost, but, like, he meets a psychic that talks to ghosts, (laughs) and then, like, the best part was when another ghost teaches him how to punch people who aren't ghosts. I think it was called Roadhouse. Uh. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that, yeah, Sam Elliott was the psychic. (laughs) The the spirit that couldn't slow down. Whose body he inhabits to have sex with Demi Moore. So, uh, ah, strip tease, yeah. <laughs> Rappaport flies him up to the mountain, and we switch to Drucker's point of view and see Rappaport asking him if he owns the XFL team that Johnny Phoenix plays for before he turns and sees one of the snowboarding dudes from earlier shoot him. So they give Fitz, like, um, the secret nerd look, which is like a really small glasses and the push down and or slash gelled really short hair, kind of like Dan Snyder, who's a piece of shit, or my homie Snake. Sorry, Snake, but you got that secret <laughs> nerd look. Uh, but it's basically a lot like the uh, the show Undercover Nerd starring Rainer Wolfcastle, um, <laughs> uh, where he plays Melvin Eugene Punemeyer. But it's that same thing. Like uh, Fitz is like a super handsome dude, and he's got that like great voice. They're like, oh man, we gotta nerd this guy up. All right, well we can't give him like a pocket protector and stuff. He's like a CEO. Okay, we'll just give him these really small glasses and like. 
Give them that short hair, but it's like styled, but it's like too short to be styled. I don't know. It's just kind of a, uh, yeah, it's a secret nerd look. So it works. Okay. So we then go to a taxi with a pastel ostrich in the back, pulling up to a mall. The driver wakes Arnie up, who's got kind of like a bit of a fuzzy head. And which Joe mentioned, you got, what was it? 400 bucks for his fucking ride? Yeah. 400 something. Yeah. Yeah. So he heads into Repet where some religious fellows are hanging outside, just like doing what, you know, most religious people in public, like in a public setting, love doing, making other people feel bad about how they live their lives. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, we, Arnold basically tells him to fuck off, just like, then God shouldn't have killed my dog when they're like, don't go in there. <laughs> Which was a good line. Like, that's a good retort. <laughs> yeah, true. And then he uh, heads inside where the salesman approaches him. He begins his, his sh- spiel. And Arnold asks, is, if it's so safe, why is human cloning against Allah? So the salesman tells him because the human brain is too complicated to sync cord, which is when they extract the memories from like a dead animal or thing being cloned. So uh, Arnold notices the creepy Simpal booth. Uh, so he tells the salesman his classic line from Terminator, I might be back. And then heads over there and buys a creepy ass simpel for his daughter instead. I just want to say it's like uh, pretty good casting because that guy is like the sleaziest possible uh, salesman. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he's a sleaze bag. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, simpel Cindy is fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but back in the nineties, uh, there were these Nike commercials with Penny Hardaway, and he had uh, <laughs> little little Penny, yes. which is like a mar- marionette. <laughs> and I remember one time my my aunt saying that my little cousin l- loved those commercials. So when we were buying gifts, I told my mom to get my cousin a little penny. My mom was a little nervous. Uh, and she wanted to make sure that she didn't want to look dumb getting him some shitty gift or like, you know, something that is way off. Uh, but I convinced her to do it. Turns out my cousin was fucking terrified of that thing. Um, <laughs> scared the shit out of him. Uh <laughs> Which I'm about 95% sure my aunt said he loved those commercials. So um, I don't know what that was. But uh, but yeah, that's what my mom gets for trusting an 11-year-old. Especially especially one as dumb as me. So um, sorry, mom. Okay. <laughs> I just think that part is funny because he's all like Arnold's all worried about like what's the clone dog going to do to his daughter. And it's like, man, fuck clones. My daughter's only going to be safe with this like robotic demon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what if the dog doesn't have a soul? <laughs> As opposed to this doll. Uh, okay, so what about a crossover between like this movie and All Dogs Go to Heaven? It's like a dog dies and it goes to heaven, but then it gets cloned and then it gets sucked back from heaven into the cloned dog. Yeah. Or I don't know. It would be a good yeah. thought experiment movie. That's that's a good one for this movie. They should have added that to this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought of this right now, so I should mail it back to... 1998 when they were writing this and <laughs> okay so next we see him taking a cab home and calling to check up on michael rapaport because that guy never showed up to meet him at the bar and also the devil doll keeps talk trying to talk to him this is a sticking point for me because he has his arm firmly around that doll like he's about to try and make a move on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i mean he's perpetually he's horny. not just holding it yeah. he's not like He's not, like, making sure it doesn't fall down. He's got his arm around it trying to make a move. <laughs> How do you get it to shut up? <laughs> He's got better <laughs> chemistry with this creepy doll than he does with... Like, his chemistry with this doll, like, like the back and forth is way better than with him and Michael Rappaport. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, be quiet, I'm on the phone. Yeah, I don't know. It was just really good. I'm like, this is amazing. I want to see more of this, even though Cindy is creepy. (laughs) Yeah, maybe maybe we can learn to love her. 
<laughs> but, <laughs> Maybe that should have so, been the movie. Yeah, so uh, he arrives and as he's walking up to the house, his dog that he's that his dog that's supposed to be dead suddenly runs up to him and starts barking. So like, it's because he he's has, a Terminator. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> which is well, okay. So he assumes that his wife went went to repet, which is dumb because like. How does he know that she just didn't bury the dog in like a pet cemetery and it's all fucking evil now? Like, it's pretty <laughs> fucking stupid if you ask me. I, I, I don't know. Seriously. Yeah. You got to consider all the, you know, things. The simplest explanation is always the right one. Exactly. <laughs> it's bearing the dog. And it, it was it Indian? Uh, yeah, I think it was an Indian yes. burial ground. Yeah, the Micmac burial ground. Okay. Wait, wait. I read the book, so. I know. I was going to say, like, is that the name of the tribe? Because that's like a yes. Micmac paddywhack. And then they <laughs> give the dog a bone. Give a dog a bone. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, oh, shit. Now I got to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> so as he approaches the house, he hears people singing happy, bir- happy birthday. But instead of just walking inside, he goes over to the window and kind of leers inside like a peeping Tom Arnold Schwarzenegger. So instead of seeing himself or... (laughs) Stupid. You're so stupid. What? (laughs) You're so stupid. That was good. I don't... uh, I I wrote peeping Tom Arnold and then I was like, wait, Schwarzenegger, come on. (laughs) That was was a real creeper of a joke. Uh, (laughs) Took a minute on me. So inside, he sees himself with his family and friends and is like, what the hell? Uh, and is about to go in when Terry Crews rolls up with uh, some chick with purple hair named Talia. They tell him Wait, he's been it was cloned. purple? It was purple in that scene, I think. Okay, because I got... It keeps changing throughout the movie. For the notes from that scene is, I fucking love Terry Crews. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, and then also, uh, she's hot, but I guess I have a thing for short-haired gingers. Um, oh, it might have been red. I don't know. It was dark. Okay. And I started drinking at this point. So, you know, like when writing this. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so they tell him he's cloned and needs to come with them. And uh, he needs to come with them and everything will be fine. But Arnold's like, fuck that. There's someone in my house eating a birthday cake with my family. Because he has a hard time saying family. Which I guess he's pronouncing pronouncing <laughs> it the way you're sp- like family. Anyway, he tries to push past them. So they tase his ass. Which we've learned from collateral damage is one of Arnold's few weaknesses. Like yes. that in saying the word gracias. 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 <laughs> I can't remember how he says it, but it was hilarious to me. <laughs> or saying the word California. Yeah. <laughs> California. Yeah. <laughs> Which there was a uh, Jay Leno clip that I'll end up showing eventually where Leno like basically says, like, can you actually say California? And he says it normally, but he's like, no, the people, they love my accent. So I say it, you know, the way they expect <laughs> to hear it said. Much, so. Anyway, so they begin dragging him to the car, but he wakes up and kind of forces Talia to taste Terry Crews. So a dude that looks like either Stephen Dwarf's brother or his clone gets out of the car <laughs> Definitely. and attempts to shoot him, but misses. So then Arnold runs off, which does he not look like Stephen Dwarf? Yes, he does. A hundred percent. I remember him being Stephen Dwarf until I was watching the movie. <laughs> Uh, so Stephen Morph. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so Arnold suddenly busts out of the garage, uh, out of his garage bar in a Cadillac. But but before he gets a chance to drive away, Talia jumps in through the window. He gets her gun from her as Yondu, Terry Crews, and Stephen Dorff's clone chase them in their car. And for some reason, they still have that fucking creepy doll with them. Uh, Talia tells him that they're trying to kill him because he was cloned, and the other Arnold just happened to get home first, and that if his wife or kids see them together, they'll be killed as well. So Yondu and his men catch up with them, and Stephen Dorff accidentally kills Talia while trying to shoot Arnold, and she falls out of the car. They continue the chase as Arnold slams on the brakes, which makes Yondu slam into him, and then poor Stephen Dorff goes flying out of the car in front of Arnold's car. 
So instead of trying to swerve around him, Arnold just runs him over and then puts like puts to sleep pretty much any question of whether or not taking a life will weigh in his conscious conscience by being all like yes as he like has a big fucking smile on his face yeah that was my one note is that he like gleefully kills this dude <laughs> like, like like he's like, like it's not down. enough that he got him thrown out of the car and hitting the ground which will probably already kill him he then like runs over him and, <laughs> and they make sure to focus on the fact that he gets run over by the cadillac and run over by the suv and arnold is laughing yeah well, they're trying to kill him. I wonder if he got out of the car afterwards and made like checked if there was blood on the tire. Just be like, oh, his blood is on my tires too. <laughs> <laughs> I got a tooth stuck in here. Look, it's his fucking tooth. <laughs> like high fives himself. <laughs> so uh, Yondu rams him, which knocks their car off his car off the road and over a cliff in his, uh, into some water a few hundred feet below. But. Arnold managed to jump out and is hanging on to, like, the side of a cliff on a fence. So Yondu starts, like, shooting at him until he jumps down into the water like Harrison Ford in The Fucking Fugitive. <laughs> That's the note that I have is, I didn't clone my wife. I don't care. And just... <laughs> I was trying to think of something for that, too, but I was like, uh, I'm going to sit here forever trying to think of, like, a, I don't care. <laughs> like a Tommy yeah. Lee Jones thing. <laughs> I, I, I didn't clone my life. I don't care. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh we then go to new organ a business that clones human organs for people in need of a transplant robert duvall uh new organs head scientist is giving a press conference as michael drucker walks up behind or uh fl- flex fits. fits i was like fits uh, <laughs> hey, hold, a, hold on uh, hold on a second laura what's fitz's name in the show what's his full name <laughs> yeah it's like fitzgerald lincoln grant the third fitzgerald anyway so uh uh fitz walks up behind him a reporter mentions that he runs repet at a loss in order in order to soften people up to the idea of human cloning so fitz just like goes into a speech about how they stopped world hunger by cloning fish and then talks about how cloned organs can save a kid that might have liver cancer but only cloning would help save a kid with like uh like a brain tumor basically which, like, maybe if that fucking kid with liver cancer didn't drink so much fucking alcohol, he wouldn't have liver cancer. You ever think about that? You fucking... Plus, once he gets that liver, he's just going to go back to drinking. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. Plus, there's that kid dying right next to him, so he could just take that liver, right? <laughs> that's so, true. <laughs> the, the brain cancer kid? The brain tumor? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah the liver cancer kid's just, like, over there, like, licking his chops, you know, rubbing his hands together, like, come on, you little fuck. Like, Give me that fucking liver. <laughs> uh, so uh, they walk off the podium and pass the whitest fucking lady I've ever seen. Who did you guys see that fucking white ass lady? No, I didn't even notice her. Okay. She wearing like pleated pants and like, glasses <laughs> or something. That that is a version of a white lady. But no, here I I'm gonna I'm gonna screen share for just a second. Where is it? It's on this thing. Cool. Because like was she driving a Subaru <laughs> and doing yoga? And there talking about crystals and energy and stuff. <laughs> Look at that fucking white ass lady. Hold on, I got it. Oh, Jesus. shit, that's like Jesus. Tilda Swinton. Yeah, like there. she's it, like she's like the whitest lady I've ever seen. And I thought she would have like when I watched this last time, I was like, okay, she's gonna get a uh, like a mention or something past this because like why would you do that? Yeah, like Jesus. Uh, it was just where in the fuck is this? Sorry, did she that. move in this scene? 
Uh, no, she, she stood there. Like, it, it was just weird. Cause I was like, why? Like if this, if this lady came to the set and was like, and like the set, whoever do, like deals with that shit was like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, oh no, the, well, this is what I was thinking for the scene. Like, you know, this is how they would dress in the future. And they're like, oh, are I, I, I can't imagine any sort of like scenario where they were like, okay, well just put her up front. Actually. I want her up front. No clue. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, that, it it looks weird. like a mannequin, honestly. It does, but yeah. no, she moves. It's just very weird. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, they walk into the party where they're greeted by football great Johnny Phoenix, who isn't dead anymore. And then uh, Robert Duvall also talks to his wife, wife for a second, who tells him she she doesn't feel well. Okay, so I'm an idiot, and I just got this Phoenix thing, you know. Like rising from the dead sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Cool. So, uh, <laughs> well done, screenwriters. So, uh, I keep thinking Flex, but as Fitz, uh, Fitz is then greeted by State Secretary, <laughs> I keep thinking Flex for some reason, as greeted by... I'm still calling him Tarzan. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does do Tarzan, which, uh, mm-hmm. Disney's Tarzan. Anyway, so, uh, Flex... Really? Is... He's him and Phil Collins? So, yeah, more it's... Genesis connections? Oh, shit, yeah. Exactly. So nice. uh, Flex is then greeted by a state secretary or some shit who tells him that his kid also has a tumor. I believe he's an <laughs> underwater secretary. Okay, he is an, he's an okay, he's <laughs> You got to have those in all Arnold movies. <laughs> yeah. It's always a secretary. It's never like a... I think he's the Speaker of the House, technically, but... Okay. Yes, I think that's what they said. But uh, so uh, Flats invites him up to his office for a drink, which he accepts. <laughs> In the office, Fitz basically asks the, we'll call him a secretary, if he'd be interested in cloning his son, but, you know, without, like, the brain tumor. And the secretary is like, you're goddamn right, which he talks, he's just, like, imitating Arnold. And we see, like, a bunch <laughs> of, like, pod thingies full of clones that are marinating. Yeah. The blanks. Yeah. We see that before we cut to Arnold emerging from the water, which just would have been great if he just started rubbing mud all over himself like he does in Predator. Just, like, coming out of the water, and then he's like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh come on clone me <laughs> do it clone me now come on <laughs> yeah. he heads into the police station and tries to file a report but the cop tells him that he already filed a, rep- a different report about an hour ago about a, his stolen car a virtual lawyer appears followed by a virtual psychiatrist which like kind of made me want to watch total recall which is basically like feels like just this movie's cooler older brother with a cocaine problem you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just think it's funny that the holographic lawyer is pretty normal and then the holographic therapist is like a weird freud yeah uh, Yeah. like caricature yeah Yeah. so why the fixation on the cigars (laughs) (laughs) so you say your car was stolen what does that have to do with your mother and your boner what (laughs) uh anyway so they get a notification that yondu sends out sends out about Arnold being dangerous, so they put him in a really nice holding cell with a TV that they probably only use for white people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The cops are pretty fucking useless and dickish in the scene. Yes, but, well, pretty uh, much throughout the whole thing. But yeah, well, it's <laughs> they got the future correct, but I guess that was also the <laughs> mm-hmm. present. So um, I guess they didn't have to predict the future on that one. I guess they predict that uh, policing didn't get better. <laughs> that is that is a good prediction. <laughs> Uh, we then go to Robert Duvall's lab where we see him and Yondu waiting as some scientists clone uh, Stephen Dorff and Talia. And then Talia wakes up all startled from her last memory. She tells Yondu 
that Arnold knows he's been cloned and that they will kill anyone who also knows that. Robert Duvall is like, say, what? You guys are killing people? And then Yondu assures her that it was just a threat. And we see how like badass Talia is as she pierces her own ears. So they mentioned this scene that cloning uh, makes her hair go back to normal. But somehow Talia, or whatever her name is, comes out with a French manicure. It's a little weird. Um, also, <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, she her hair is normal, but I guess she cuts it. But once uh, Stephen... Um, Stephen Dorff? Dor- no, I called him something cool earlier. Stephen Morph. Stephen yeah, Morph. Stephen Morph. <laughs> uh, Stephen Morph comes out and he's got his hair all fucking styled. But also, he's got his fucking eyebrow pierced already. So, did he do the same thing? Or he's like, hold on, I gotta pierce my eyebrow and grab wow. like uh eyebrow ring and just pierce it through his eyebrow? <laughs> and then just let the blood run down into his eye? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh man, my neck hurts and now my eye hurts because I got blood in, blood in it. Uh, Wait, did did uh, you notice the nail thing, or did Laura notice that? I noticed it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I was like, all right, let's see how meticulous these people are. As far as, like, <laughs> nail styles go, I know a French manicure for some reason, <laughs> and that's about it. And all then, right. like, fake nails, but I, they're called probably something, you know. Actually, when we watched this the first time, we were on some drugs. So, What, what kind he, of drugs? I had some really old acid, but it kind of worked, and then some mushrooms as well. Wait, does so. acid is a is it a pill or is it a tab? Uh, it's technically exists in liquid form, but usually you do a little like eye drop amount on to something like a piece of paper, uh, like an Altoid or something. Are usually like the most common ways. Can you just drop it in your mouth? Yeah. Will you die? Or does it just taste gross? <laughs> oh, no, you won't die. It's just a lot easier to like. By the way, sorry, quick note. Um, sorry, I, if if there's a bunch of noise in the background, that's uh my dog fucking with the cat. So or just them playing. Anyway, go ahead. You can you can drop it in your mouth, but what? Well, usually you like you get it in that form, and then you sell it like one hit at a time, like one eye drop amount is like one hit so i guess if you bought like a fuckload like i don't know however many drops are in an eyedropper but a thousand which would be thousands of dollars then yeah you can just like do it in there but it's a lot easier just to kind of administer it on so you could just, and then you could just drink a glass of lsd <laughs> yeah you'd probably die at that point like if you drank a glass worth um okay but I guess some people like do the eye drop thing or do the eye dropper thing, but actually put it in their eye, and then it gets you really high. You guys should try that, and like you, you, you should do that, and then we should do an episode. <laughs> Interesting. Yes, um, I'd have to find it in liquid form. Oh, okay, or just Which do some and then find an episode, and then I'll start True. fucking with you. Wait, does it does it work like? how mushrooms work where you i can like you you gotta be in like a calm area you know because to where i can start fucking with you and then you'll be like holy shit there's ghosts in the house (laughs) it's um it's like mushrooms but it's a lot more like lucid outgoing like uh mushrooms they just kind of want to like not be around people and like you know if you like smoke weed you know you you just kind of want to be by yeah. yourself or chilling but if you're drinking you want to be like out and like doing shit not always but you know like yeah. that's kind of what you do at a bar 
Um, it's kind of more of that you want to be out amongst people and like talk to people you don't know and all that other stuff. Okay. But only in a good way. Okay. You know. That's cool. So, yeah. Watching anything negative or anything is just not fun. Like, I wouldn't watch, like, The Wire Maggie? on acid or anything. Or Maggie, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Which makes sense why you didn't want to do this movie instead of Maggie. Yeah. Like, for, for when you but, were, yeah. But, yeah, like, the first time I did it, we were in Vegas. And, like, we were walking around, like, the casino all fucking high. And, you know, there's, like, five of us sitting at a table at a bar. Just, like, not, I could not stop laughing, you know. We yeah. were high. And everybody knew we were high, but we didn't care. It's like, this is great. Like... <laughs> You know, everything's fun and amazing. That's cool. Everything's beautiful. Um, so, yeah, that's why I like that. The only problem I have with it is it just, it lasts forever. And it's super hard to sleep. You basically got to plan, like, three days to do, like, one night of it. Because it'll fucking destroy you. Damn. So, it's right. exhausting. But it's great. So we go back to Arnold at the police station with him finding out that he's been locked in the room. He checks the windows, which have bars on them, but then notices Yondu, Terry Crews, and Stephen Dorff headed into the building. Outside, Stephen Dorff tells the other two that his chest feels tight, uh, where Arnold ran him over. But then Yondu reminds him that he has a complete, completely new body and that it, it's all in his head. Which is like another thing in the movie that gives it kind of like a smart movie for stupid people feel, but... You know, we can yeah, get into that. I like I we can, we'll talk about that at the end. But anyway, so uh, Yondu tells him to wait outside, and we go we go back inside Arnold's holding room where he notices that the TV is also a two way mirror. He breaks it open after wedging a chair underneath the underneath the door handle, which I feel like doesn't work. Like, wouldn't that bitch just slide out when you try to open the door? Yeah, especially on a not carpeted floor. Exactly. Yeah. But you know. I have good news for you guys because I looked it up and Google told me that, quote, the two front legs of the chair should not be touching the ground. Wedge the chair as close to the door as you can. The chair should apply pressure to the door at an angle focused just beneath the doorknob. This will make it much more difficult for a casual intruder to open the door. So I guess as long like you're good as long as you have a casual intruder trying to get in. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. No. So uh, that's what intruders are. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, he gets through the mirror and uh, as the cops go from like casual to serious intruder and just break in the door, he is leaving. Uh, so Arnold leaves the police station. He's surprised by Stephen Dorff, who thought he who he thought was dead. And man, Stephen Dorff is just like the worst hench henchman, like because Arnold easily overpower <laughs> overpowers him and then breaks his neck, which kills him. Yeah, he had to give him the line like, no, you're dead. And let me bring my gun around like, dude, just fucking pop one off really quick. Call it a day. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's the fucking worst. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a little pro tip to the people out there. Uh, I don't think we have two way TVs. I'm not sure. But if you're ever wondering if a mirror is two way, like a two way mirror. You just kind of lift it. Like, if it lifts up off the wall, then it's not a two-way mirror. But if it doesn't, it probably is a two-way mirror. So Can you build... You can oh, build yeah. a mirror. Into, oh, I guess that would make it a... Try, okay. Okay. That's... Anyway, let's not go into uh, the details of mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only thing I wanted to say is that 
once again, he is extremely comfortable murdering people. <laughs> yes. And so at this point, I just started to think maybe he's just really comfortable murdering this guy. Maybe he just really doesn't like Stephen Dorff. <laughs> yeah, he is stupid. Everything you did after everything you did after Blade is just horrible. I love Blade, yeah. but no, everything after that is not it's not good. Yeah, he's just a big Blade fan. A Blade fan. <laughs> But he, yeah, he like he really likes the character of Blade, and he was just pissed off that Steven Dorff was the villain, was the bad guy. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> what's up? I said we did miss a line here. It was just like try to say dead this time. Like there, there just wasn't that many like straight like usual Arnold no, lines. There was, a, there was a so I just picked up a few decent amount. I I didn't write that one down. Yeah. I mine that one is at the bottom. Um, when I started drinking, I started writing all the lines down. So. Mm. I think I wrote, yeah. But anyway, so uh, we then go to Michael Rappaport at arriving at his apartment before going back to the police station as Yondu and the other cops find dead Stephen Dorff. Yondu tells him that he's just knocked out as he shoves his ton- tongue back into his mouth, which was great. <laughs> so we then go back to horny Michael Rappaport entering his apartment and being greeted by his virtual girlfriend, who's just as fucking horny. So he sits <laughs> in a literal sex chair as she climbs on top of him and i think i was like 17 the first time i saw this and can't tell you how excited i was about the possibility of having a chair that can somehow jerk you off while protect while projecting a girl that (laughs) like a virtual girl and actually like 37 year old me right now is kind of excited about it too yeah no that would be great (laughs) yeah I i got a quick question for you for both of you okay so at what point do you guys think the whole uh, sex chair thing will get will get weird? Because like we're we're assuming that the chair is the one that's jerking off Michael Rappaport, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so like when does that get weird? Like let's say let's say like you guys live in this world and you come home like one day after buying some new clothes, just like all like horned up after seeing a mannequin that you thought was kind of hot. So then like you go to your <laughs> chair and then you start the virtual girl, but the projector's broken. So then, like, you you normally, like, like you grab your phone out of your pocket, but your phone's fucking dead. So, at this point, do you get up and go over to the computer and jerk off to some porn on there, like a fucking townie? Or <laughs> do, do you just say, fuck it, and stay in the chair with, like, the room now completely, completely silent as you're, like, slowly coming to the realization that after years of wear and tear, your beloved sex chair now makes a grinding noise... That would normally be drowned. That would normally be drowned out by the moans of your virtual girlfriend. So, like, I ask again: like, at what point does it get weird? Uh, <laughs> I think when it sticks a finger up your butt. Well, like, I mean, that's a bonus feature. So, basically, what I was asking is: like, do, do you still like jerk off? If like, it, at what point are you like, okay, I don't need the fucking girl. I, mean, I don't need the fucking girl it, anymore. Just, just give me the chair. Yeah, just close your eyes, man. Well, it depends on how good it feels you know it's just like <laughs> it's just like now with a like a flashlight would it you feels write? good enough that you openly have a jerk off machine <laughs> in your apartment true. okay <laughs> yeah but that's like uh um one part of like the other stuff you know you're having the the virtual girl so i don't know it, it that's i don't think it ever would really get creepy i don't know i don't, I don't know but if, i just if, if uh it would just depend on you know how if it feels like super amazing, just better than a regular whack job, then yeah, do that. But if it's like, yeah, hey, I want to watch some porn, you know, 
But also, it could change. You know, your horny moods change all the time. Like sometimes, oh, I want to watch this type of porn. Sometimes I want to watch this type of porn. Sometimes I want to beat off standing up. Sometimes I beat off laying down. You know, (laughs) on my side, like hanging, (laughs) hanging from monkey bars. Like whatever. You know, it's always different. So just one hand up. No, I was thinking like your legs up, so you're upside down. So that there's a solid chance you get hit in the face. Yeah, well, that's why you get a little swing going. So at some point, you don't even move your hand. You just get a little swing going, and your body's just moving. So, like, your hand is is still, and then you just gotta, like, dodge it. It's kind of like the Matrix, you know, the bullet scene, but with your own jizz. Like, Like, dodge out of the way and shit. Um, So you uh, you think that Rappaport had, like, a bunch of different settings for the girl, like, that week, he, you, we just happened to see him with the blonde, whereas, like, the week before, if we would have caught him, it would, it would have been, like, an Asian like an Asian girl or something like that. No, because he does mention he's got a girlfriend. So oh, maybe so he committed I mean, to yeah, No, he's monogamous with his holograms. Yeah. But maybe there's, like, a cheat setting in there, you know, just, like, oh, <laughs> massage parlor setting, you know, like, oh, I'm going to go get a massage. And then the chair massages, you know, and it's like, oh, flip over, and it just jerks him off really quick. I don't know. I'm just throwing out ideas, all right? Also, again, like, <laughs> let's say you're sitting in the chair, like I said, and you're all ready, and then you're like, you go over to the computer and you start jerking yourself off, like, and you're just like watching porn, but you're like, this is so fucking stupid. Like, and you start like contemplating, like, well, maybe I could just bring the computer over there, but then I'm like, I have to plug everything, and then I have to move it over there, and by the time that, like, my boner's gonna be gone, so I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it, just go over to the chair and just, like, do it silently. I, I don't know, it's just, it's just... Yeah, that's the cooking yourself a dinner versus microwaving something thing. It's like, sometimes you're like, oh man, I really want this, and, you know, it's like the process of making food and all that other stuff. Sometimes you just... Where like, you just settle? Yeah, sometimes you just want, like, <laughs> something to eat, so, you know. Yeah, like, man, sometimes you gotta get to bed. <laughs> yeah. All so right. maybe like plugging it, moving everything over, like plugging it in, you know, you get your like surround sound, your porn, you, know, you have your, old, your different video set up, your playlist, um, which I don't know if that exists, but it probably should. Um, yeah. And you want to do like a full fucking production. And then sometimes you just want to like, all right, well, let me just sit here and sometimes, drink beer and get sometimes you just want to out real quick. Let your chair jerk you off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Without any projection. <laughs> Okay. Um, all right. So uh, anyway, did you somehow did you... we always end up about talking <laughs> about beating off in this show, so, uh, uh, and I love it. Did Did you guys have any comments about that scene? Because uh, <laughs> that was all. That was just me. Yeah, my biggest problem with the scene is not all that. Biggest thing is she's like, "Oh, I recorded your favorite sports programs." Like, who the fuck watches recorded sports? Like, that's the worst. I mean, sometimes you got to like, oh shit. I got to work and it's, you know, game two of the NBA finals or something. Like I have to record it and not look at my phone, but it just seems like uh, it sucks. Recorded sports. Like I, I agree. And I don't think I could, if I was trying to watch one of those, I would just get the updates on my phone. Like I, it's not as you just end up skipping to the end. I mean, I guess you could just skip to the end, but yeah. I mean, I've had to do it like a few times where something came up and I like had to work and I'll record something like a game. And just not look at my phone or just turn my phone off and tell everybody not to say anything. And then I get home and watch it. I, yeah, I mean, I guess that was more of a thing when the internet was harder to get yeah. to. Like when you didn't have a smartphone yeah, and couldn't just be checking the updates constantly. But also, I think that's just 
a dumb line that they put in there to be like, oh, he has the perfect girlfriend. Yeah, which I like how the perfect girlfriend. It, it just is. Yeah, is like uh, the subservient like screenwriters. I yeah. I wonder I wonder if this uh, the screener uh, the screenwriter wife lady try to like no well maybe she does this and the guy's <laughs> like no just let me handle this part you know <laughs> she just knows Trust she me. needs to do sports yeah I got this scene entirely <laughs> under control <laughs> he's like and then he's like I wish you were a chair and then she reads it and he's like eh? 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 <laughs> would you like to watch my sports programs with me he's like, the fuck? <laughs> so uh, okay so. Uh, anyway, so Michael Rappaport and his chair are interrupted by Arnold knocking at the door. He lets them in, and Arnold thinks there's someone in the apartment, but it just turns out to be Michael Rappaport's cat, which he definitely should have named Meowkel Rappaport, but, you know, what can you do? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. All right, and that's it for part one of The Sixth Day. Definitely make sure to check back for part two, where we finish up the movie summary while discussing Arnold's love of puns, Chris's attempt to invent a lightsaber and why, you know, cartoon violence is just the best. Until then, though, we'll... Get the party, Richter!